I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest in sports betting from KC Sports Network, featuring Benny and the Bets, hosted by local media personality and betting aficionado, Benny Heisler. Let's get to the show. What's up, people? It's Benny and the Bets, a family time edition of the program today. We got Tucker Franklin, content manager over at KCSM. We got Sean Barber, former Kansas City Chief, uh, former President, uh, Kansas City Chiefs Ambassadors. Uh, the man has become an absolute star in the local area. It's only a matter of time, Sean, before uh, that, that ego starts to go national. <laughs> I'm just glad that, that you're still here with us, man. I'm, I'm thrilled to, to have both you guys on today uh, to talk a little Kansas City Chiefs betting. Yes, I'm fully aware that uh, calendar is May, um, but... Last week's schedule came out. Salute to uh, everybody involved with the Chiefs. Salute to everybody involved with KCSN for the awesome coverage on schedule release day. But this is Benny and the Bets, fellas. And what's nice is that we actually have betting lines for all 17 games on the schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to make this very simple. I want to go to you guys. We're going to go through these lines. And you're just going to tell me whether or not you like them. For Kansas City, whether or not they're going to be in a bit of a concern for that line, we're just going to go bam, 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 rapid fire. You guys ready? Like Perfect. it. Love it. I'm hardly loving it. Perfect. All right. So let's start with the opener. You got the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Detroit Lions. Kansas City opened up six and a half point favorites over at DraftKings. Um, this is an interesting line because it's right on the border of six and a half and seven. It's heavily juiced over at DraftKings. And this is kind of how things open, too, with initial movement towards Kansas City. So if you want them at six and a half before that gets to that big key number of seven, you're probably going to want to get on Kansas City now and certainly before this game gets closer. So, Tuck, I'm going to start with you. Kansas City Chiefs, big game at home, obviously, but the yeah. Lions have been one of those teams that even though the, the, the record over the last two years in the Dan Campbell era hasn't been good, they have consistently been amongst the best teams in the NFL at covering the spread. Lions may not win a bunch of games, but they will damn well near cover almost every time. Third best covering percentage over the last two years under Dan Campbell. Does that six and a half on the home opener give you any pause to take Kansas City? I don't think so. And the Chiefs last year weren't the best covering team either. Uh, if you look at the record, I believe they were like third or fourth best or third or first worst, I should say, in terms of against the spread. And the Lions, man, I, I know the Lions all too well because they helped my bankroll out a little bit last year. I've always picking them against the spread. They're a team that scores a lot of points, a team that's always in games, and a team like that, you're always going to want them to take the spread. You're always going to want to take them with the points. Six and a half is a, is a number, Ben, as you did mention. Like That's a, that's a, one of those numbers that you're looking at. And you're, could the Chiefs beat them by seven? I could 100% see that. Could I see this game being a three-point game as well? Totally, because... The Lions are going to come out. They're going to. They're a high-powered offense. They're going to score a lot of a lot of points. They don't have Jamison Williams. They won't. will be without Jamison Williams in this game, which could hinder the offense a little bit in that term. 
But I think if you do want that six and a half points, if you want to latch on Kansas City, maybe covering this would be the right time to do it. That's why we're doing the show in May. So we you get we get you guys out there. We can get you out in front of, of these lines. But I'm probably leaning uh, lines in this a little bit one because I think that it's going to be a very high scoring game. And usually those high scoring games tend to be a little bit closer. And the Lions, as you mentioned, very good against the spread in the Chiefs last year. We're kind of the yeah. opposite. And, and Sean, like we're already, you talked about the high total. 53 and a half heading into that game. That's also getting really close to a key number of 54. Lions are scrappy, and you know that they're going to come into town with actual expectations this year, right? This is the team for the first time in a long-ass time that they're projected to win the NFC North. It's not Aaron Rodgers' division anymore. It's not the Vikings' division. Bears are on the up-and-up. Like They're starting to come up after being the worst team in the league last year. But this is a Lions team that's going to be scrappy, but you also have Kansas City feeding off of a Super Bowl title in their home stadium. So from that perspective, do you think the Chiefs can cover by a touchdown here? Well, you see I wear the uh, Kansas City champion hat, and you'll notice that in the first couple of weeks, I think that that championship swagger um, holds week in and week out. So I got the Chiefs um, actually covering the six and a half. Um, I think that the one thing Andy has done his whole career is given enough time to prepare for any one team um, he always comes out with a bunch of haymakers, a bunch of different sets and motions. And because on the defensive side of the ball, um, the Detroit Lions didn't get any better. Um, they, they still um, think that Aiden Hutchinson is going to, uh, you know, take them to the promised land without getting any, any real support um, and free agency and everything. They actually got rid of one of their top corners. Um, and like my man Tuck said, not having one of their top receivers and then getting rid of Swift and Jamal Williams, I mean – I don't think this is the same team that we saw hunting in the jungle last year. The Lions of last year, I think, are dead and gone. Dan Campbell, he's going to have to fight, scratch, and claw to get these guys back in the form if he thinks he's going to win the NFC North. Um, so I think I think, I think Detroit's going to have some tough days. And so in week one, I got the Chiefs covering the six and a half. All right, I, I like it. I, I think for me, I'm probably going to wait this one out because more often than not, especially – with how people recognize Kansas City still early in the year. Um, the, the trend for Kansas City all throughout the course of last year was, you know, public team, and, and they they crushed the public. Like, they won games, but they did not cover. Tucker, you mentioned it. Kansas City last year against the spread. Um, we're, we're talking about a team that was 8-11-1, and a lot of those wins ended up covering uh, towards the end of the season and also in the postseason. But in the regular season, it was just not good for them. But think about all the time they had to prepare. Uh, having it at Arrowhead, Detroit's got a lot to sort out, as Sean mentioned. So I'm probably going to wait on this number until I can get maybe the Lions at seven, possibly even seven and a half, uh, because I just think you're going to have a whole lot of public betters all over Kansas City. So, Sean, from your perspective, like I, I could see Kansas City winning by a touchdown. So I feel if I can get it any more than that, seven and a half on the Lions, I, I think you're getting good value. But in that early stage, if you want to take that six and a half, I think you want to jump on it early as opposed to closer to the actual start of the season. Week two, little Andy Reid versus Doug mm. Peterson game. You got the Jags. First road game for Kansas City out in week two. And as we head to Jacksonville, as we head to Duval County, you're looking at a Kansas City team on the road, three-point favorite. And I should mention, by the way, Chiefs are favorites in every single game this year, which I, I, I'd i have to go back and look at some of the trends, but more often than not, guys, like at some point, as good of a team as you are, 
there's going to be a spot where you're where you're the underdog. And I, I can't help but wonder if we'll get to that point maybe later on. But Kansas City, three points uh, favorite on the road against Jacksonville. This is a scrappy team that's also projected to to come across in the AFC South in, in a pretty weak division. Indianapolis in the midst of a rebuild. Houston in the midst of a rebuild. Tennessee, they might be looking at trying to figure out what their answer is going to be at quarterback. Uh, Jacksonville's the crop of that class, and they came on strong, kind of like Detroit, Sean. Like This is a Jaguars team, especially with how Trevor Lawrence played in the second half, that I thought was really impressive. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence definitely is going to set himself up for a fast start this season. But with the PED suspension of Ken Robinson, them not addressing, I think, early enough in the draft, uh, the offensive tackle spot, I know they got a tackle from Oklahoma, but I thought that Jacksonville should have moved up to try to get one of the, 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 the top three tackles to replace Cam Robinson. And then obviously with their starting right tackle coming here to Kansas City, I mean, we're going to be very familiar with their calls and everything they do. Um, I, I know everybody thinks that um, Doug Peterson is familiar with the Chiefs offense, but that was many moons ago. This offense has evolved since Doug Peterson was here, but it hasn't. The, the Jacksonville offense has not evolved since Jawan Taylor coming to town. So we'll know everything they're doing. I'm going to lock into the Chiefs um, covering this three points, and I'm going to walk away maybe with doubling down. I might even you know, mm. add a little bit of uh, maybe I'll take them at, 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 at minus six and get some extra okay. extra juice on it. The all-line. You know, all-line betting. I love that, Barber. Uh, no, I was just looking up the scores as, as you were talking, Benny, because I was trying to think. I don't remember a Chiefs-Jaguars game being that close. And in 2022, they played Chiefs 1 by 10, 27-17. Obviously, when they played in the divisional round, 27-20 in favor of the Chiefs in that game. So a uh, three-point spread, you're looking at it, and it, it is on the road. So usually, I, I don't know if this philosophy has changed all that much, the home team usually does get three points. Um, so I don't. I wonder if that is if, if that sways it a little bit, right? Who knows? Uh, but I do think that the Chiefs, uh, three points in this seems pretty pretty likable for the if you're if you're a Chiefs fan and you want to put some money on the Chiefs that's a game that I'd be looking at and I think that line might shrink a little bit or grow in the Chiefs favor I should say a little bit more uh because especially it's going to depend on the week one showing but I do think the three the the three points is a little lower than I would have anticipated going off just looking at the history of these two teams and kind of how they've played each other yeah I I think the fact that it's the first road game especially having a little bit more extra yep. time for Kansas City is beneficial to them however if you're looking at some of the trends purely from last year, and remember, Jacksonville got off to a terrible start. Right. Despite that, they were the best team in the NFL against the spread and against the spread plus minus. So essentially all that means is that when they were covering, they covered by the widest margin on a per-game level ahead of any other team in the NFL. And as a home underdog last year, Jacksonville was 5-0 and against the spread margin of victory of just under eight points per game with the uh, against the spread and plus minus of 10.7. So this is a different team at home. Then again, when you're looking at Kansas City as an away favorite last year, they were actually a team that, yeah, they were they were three and five against the spread, but their plus minus was actually positive. So at some point, things have to even out a little bit. The, the three makes it kind of feel like a stay away from me, but if I had to lean in one direction, oof. I'd probably lean on Kansas City. I, I like taking them on the road, especially early on in the season where I do think they're they're going to be fairly focused. Uh, then knowing that they have a, a game next week, uh, which is a game that I'm actually considering fading them. And that's week three, gentlemen. 
Chiefs back at home against my Chicago Bears. Nine and a half point favorite in that game over at DraftKings. This is the largest uh, point spread for Kansas City all season long. At no point so far over the course of all 17 games with the odds coming out over at DraftKings, are they more than a, a double-digit point spread? The nine and a half at home against Chicago uh, is that line. I'm a believer in in Chicago starting to to get in the right direction. I think they're going to try to acquire um, a pass rusher uh, over the next few or over the next couple months leading to the start of the season. Chicago has the most amount of cap space in the league. They have plenty to be able to work with. Chase Young is reported to potentially be on the trade market there. Um, and they've made a lot of upgrades. And I'm a believer in, in Justin Fields' talent. Now, going on the road at Arrowhead against the Super Bowl champions is another story. But again, we're talking about a Chiefs team that might be looking ahead a little bit in week four, believe it or not, against the New York Jets. <laughs> I like Chicago to cover that nine and a half. I, I think this is going to be a game where Kansas City wakes up a little bit late. Chicago in the early portion of the season was actually very good against the spread. Once they started to tank, then it became a different story. But uh, Tuck, what do you think of the Bears coming into Arrowhead? Do you feel like even though they were the worst team in the NFL last year, uh, yeah. maybe we're looking at a different story. Do you think they can cover that nine and a half? I'm with you, and I think, and I think that with the Bears too, like the, I think they're a good football team. They're starting to figure it out. They did everything right in this off season. Uh, they they put the right team around Justin Fields to kind of help him, uh, you know, turn into the quarterback that he needs to turn into. They put some pieces around him. The DJ Moore, especially the trade for the number one pick, was very huge. I think the offense is going to be good. How long it's going to take them to mesh is going to be interesting. Nine and a half is not only a lot for just like this game and like the Chiefs in total, but just like in the NFL in general, you don't see a lot of these big point spreads. Right. And I'm always a fan of taking the points because uh, it feels a little bit more safe to me to, to take the points in that game. Um, and, and you're right. It could be some sort of a, a quote unquote trap game. Uh, if you look at it because they got Sunday Night Football against Aaron Rodgers. First time Patrick Mahomes is going to get to play Aaron Rodgers, hopefully, knock on wood. Right, yeah, because that was the Jordan Love game from uh, a couple seasons yeah. ago. Jordan Love, and then I think he was hurt the first time that they played uh, his uh, the 2018, 2017 year, or 2019 year, the year yeah. they won the Super Bowl. Um, they all run together. He's so good. But um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I do think that this is one where I feel comfortable taking the points. I'm curious to see how this line does move, though. Uh, you, you talked about, I don't know how, like, how the Bears are going to come out and how the Chiefs are going to come out. Obviously, the line's going to react the way it does, but nine and a half off the jump does seem like a lot of points to me. What do you think, Sean? You think nine and a half against a terrible team last year, but um, this is a professionally coached team with a lot of professional players that always seem to wake up when it matters most. Like, Kansas City's going to win this game, yeah. but I, I I see this being a lot closer than maybe most do. What do you think? Well, I think that it kind of depends. If you ask me, would I bet it now with at the nine and a half? I would say no. I think I would hope and cross my fingers that the Bears come out in week one and week two and show us something good. Show us that they're willing to do some things offensively, um, get get uh, fields out on the corner, um, throw some bootlegs, get them running around, kind of kind of like a, a, a Lamar Jackson-type offense. Um, like you said, the addition of DJ Moore, um, hitting them for a few touchdowns. I don't think their record is going to show it, but I do think they'll be able to move the ball early in the season and um, probably come in the arrowhead. I think this point is going to spread, is going to, uh, probably settle down around seven and a half instead of nine and a half. So, you know, taking it at nine and a half right now, I think it's kind of a little bit too too rich for my blood. Um, but I, I I don't think I would even take the points plus the Bears. 
Um, because I think at the end of the day, I think Kansas City is just that much better team than the Bears are. Um, I, if if this game happened around week six, week seven, and and you could tell me I could see about four weeks of Justin Fields in this offense, kind of getting his is his feet wet and everything. I think he would have a much better chance of making this a, a six point, maybe a, a three point game or something like that. But I think because it's so early in the season, um, they're not gonna really be on the same page. I know they got training camp together, but man, when when the, when the bullets are alive and, and, and it's real, it's time to go. Um, one thing Kansas City and Patrick Mahone and all his weapons have, they've been working out in Florida. They've been working out in Texas. They got a bunch of history and games and postseason games together. So this is going to just be another day at the office for the Chiefs. I do see the Chiefs winning big. I just don't know how big and if the game is going to end with them being up by nine and a half. So I would just, like you said, just hold off and wait a few weeks um, and maybe pick that game up after week one or week two. Yeah, and if there is one advantage for Kansas City, listen, it's going to be plenty of advantages. Chicago's going to be a better team, but they're not going to be anywhere near the class of Kansas City. Bears don't have a pass rush, at least yeah. not yet. Like, they spent a bunch of draft capital on, on trying to fix that three technique that is so critical in the Matt Eberflus defense. Uh, picked up a couple guys in the second and third rounds. He either played the three technique or it knows. Uh, so the middle is starting to shore up. They have a really good cornerback in Jalen Johnson, but uh, you know linebacking crew are starting to get a couple steps in the right direction there. It there if you can't rush Pat Mahomes, he'll he'll pick him apart. So it's yeah. whether or not Fields is going to be able to to score enough points. Uh, against Kansas City, they kind of have to hope that they're going to be napping. This is a lot of fun. We are going through the Chiefs' schedule all 18 weeks, going through the early lines. Tucker Franklin, Sean Barber. Take a quick break. We'll be back breaking down week four, the Sunday night game, Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. Stay with us right here on Benny and the Bets. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right, fellas, let's talk about this Sunday night game against the Jets. One point favorite for Kansas City uh, against Gangrene in week four. My first reaction to this game, and I still haven't bet any of these numbers because um, I still want to try and figure out a, a couple of things. I, there's always going to be some potential injuries that you have to worry about. And like, this feels like the spot to hammer Kansas City. It's early in the season, one-point favorite. Like I could see the possibility of this getting down to a pick as the Jets get off to a fast start. At the same time, there's also the possibility, kind of like what you are talking about, Sean, with the Bears, that they're still trying to figure out a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers, especially the last few years, they've gotten off to some slow starts. And that's with a team and an organization that he's known really well. So now... Entirely different wide receiver crew, new offensive line, new coaching staff. Rodgers is still 40-plus years old. Can't help but wonder, like, jumping on this line for Kansas City. Jets have a great defense, but I don't think I'm scared of any defense going up against Kansas City. My first gut reaction is to hammer this minus one for Kansas City, Sean. 
Hey, man, you know I'm there, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I'm going to be riding this red championship hat for a few weeks before you see me uh, turn coat and start taking the points. And guess what? It ain't this week. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm doubling down, tripling down. I'm going to the bank, pulling out a loan. Whatever I got, I'm letting it all ride. All that money I've earned in week one, two, and three, I'm letting all that money ride on the Chiefs covering uh, what is pretty much a pick at a minus one against the New York Jets. What do you think, Talk? You think uh, this is a good spot and an ideal spot for for the Chiefs? Look, big-time players show up in big-time games. This is going to be a big-time game, and I think Patrick Mahomes loves these moments. You've seen him show up all the time in games where he is up against, you know, a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow or, uh, you know, and against this being the first time that they're going to play Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's going to be on the field with Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a, a big-time game for them. Um, and I think that they'll get up for it, and, you know, I think, Benny, you kind of hit the nail on the head is, I don't know what this Jets team is going to be. Like, everyone is very excited for this Jets team, but, like, I don't know how they're going to do, like, all that, all how the offense is going to mesh together. They basically have a whole new receiving core with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of guys that have Aaron Rodgers rapport already, but they've all got to mesh together, and that's what that's one thing that uh, I'm a little bit hesitant, but I think minus one for the Chiefs in this one, it seems like a, a best-case scenario at this point early on in the season if, you're, if you wanted to make a little bit of a, of some May money. You can thank your future self or thank your past self. Your future self will thank your past self for placing this one down. Jets were not a good team covering the spread at home by the hell. They're three and five against the spread at home. Uh, much better on the road. They covered just under 56% of the games that they played. Again, like Rodgers coming in changes the dynamic of that team. You're you're going from a future Hall of Famer um, after you know Zach Wilson and Mike White and whoever else they were, were trotting out there. So obviously it's going to raise the level and it's a damn good defense. Like I, for all the, the issues that we were talking about, like bears don't have a pass rush jets do. And they also have sauce Gardner on the other side, but again, you, you don't really factor that in because of all the different weapons that Kansas city has and how Mahomes is able to use this offense. So I, I do like this spot quite a bit for Kansas city. In fact, I'm a bit surprised that the number was as low as it was. Yeah. We'll see whether or not that ends up being the case. And frankly, um, if the Bears do make it interesting in week three, it's certainly going to impact the spread in week four. Uh, hey, Benny, Benny, hold up. We can't move to week five. I got to give a shout out to my man, Joe Dougie, the general manager at the Jets. He's a fellow Spider. University of Richmond, he was an offensive guard for me at the Richmond Spiders when we played together, and now he's the general manager. Hey, he's making all the right moves. He's playing chess up there with the Jets where everybody's playing checkers in that AFC North. Um, or this AFC East, uh, man. So shout out to our man Joe Douglas. Obviously, man, is Bryce Hall gonna be ready? Is he gonna make another move to bring somebody in? Are they gonna sign Quentin Williams? So they still got some moves to make. So I think that 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 minus one is because there's a lot of questioning about what that team is actually gonna look like in Week Four. So now we can move on. I just have to give a shout out to my man Joe Douglas. All right, the, so let me let me ask you this. Jets, if you can get them at a decent price to win that division over Buffalo, do you think they can pull it off? No. It's not that much. Not that much. I love Joe Dougie, but not 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 enough to uh, knock off my man Josh Allen yet. And I know we're gonna talk to him later in in, in the in the program, um, one of those weeks when the Buffalo Bills uh, uh, come up on the schedule. But as far as right now, I think Joe Douglas he's making all the moves he needs to make to make that team a powerful team. I don't think he gave up too much to get Aaron Rodgers. And the one thing I've always said, if you don't have an elite quarterback, you better do everything 
in your power to get one because eight quarterbacks push the needle, and that's the only way to win a Super Bowl. All right. Week five, Chiefs are back on the road. Uh, this time it's against the Minnesota Vikings. So second road game in a row. Chiefs are four-point favorites. For as much shit as we we drag Kirk Cousins through, and there's a lot of time where, where that dude deserves every single bit of it. Yeah. But, but at home, he's been a good quarterback. And in noon games, he's been an unsolvable quarterback. Now, prime time is a different story. And mid-afternoon, it kind of can go either way. But you're talking about a Chiefs team that's having their second straight game on the road. Um, a Vikings offense that I don't think is going to skip a beat. I know there's some issues right now with, with Dalvin Cook and what that situation might look like with his injury status and, and whether or not they might make a, a key decision to possibly even in release him uh, come, come training camp. They, they got some guys that can step in. But, I mean, I love the Jordan Addison pick. Like, you lose Adam Thielen, a guy that operated really well in the slot. Addison steps right in for Thielen, and, and I think that offense doesn't miss a beat. You have Jefferson, who's just an absolute stud. I, I really don't know at this point who can cover him and whether or not he's the argument for the best wide receiver in the game. I certainly think he deserves it at this point. I, I kind of look at this spot for Kansas City coming off that game that I expect them to to beat the New York Jets heavily. Uh, second straight game on the road in Minnesota. Yeah. Might be a spot where I feel like I'm ready to fade Kansas City. I, I, I like Minnesota here getting four at home in mid-afternoon game. What about you guys? Talk, I'll throw with you. Okay. I, I've been thinking about this game a lot because it seems like the Chiefs always drop one of those early season games that you expect them to win, right? The Colts, the Colts game last year. Yeah, it's one of those. And this is the one I keep coming back to and because I can't convince myself it's going to be the Bears. I'm sorry, Benny. But it's like the Vikings that I just keep I keep looking at it. And I'm just like, that could that could be it right there. That could be the little uh like the little hiccup they have, the little wake up call, um that they can't just coast through this whole thing. Not that they think that. Um, By the way, the the Vikings just earlier this week, uh, earlier last week, I started trading to Darius Smith. Yes, they did. So, so I mean, that that could make things a little bit interesting too. It could. The return they got for him was like weirdly low too. Very yeah, like, like late round, late you know third, fifth, sixth round draft picks. Yeah, so it was a very weird thing. It, it's one of those moves that all of Chiefs Twitter says, what was Brett Beach doing? Like, this wasn't offered to Brett Beach. Let's not act like it was. Um, <laughs> so I keep looking at this game, and, and I think the Minnesota Vikings are the only team that Patrick Mahomes has not beaten his career. Out of all of the 31 teams that he could have possibly played, he's beat all, beaten all of them except the Minnesota Vikings. This is a game that maybe Patrick Mahomes cares about that. Who knows? He'll have another chance to probably beat him again. Uh, but this is the one I just am looking at, and I'm thinking, man, this could be the one that they drop. So the four points right there, um, again, curious to how the lines move, but right now as it stands the four points, I'm probably taking the Vikings on that. What do you think, John? Man, this is the one time if I got to take the hat and turn it sideways. <laughs> man, I got to eat them points, man. I need them points in this game against the Minnesota Vikings. I think that if you had asked me what this game is going to look like, I'm going to pound the over. I don't think either team's going to stop either either, either defense going to stop either's offense. It's going to be one of those games that whoever got the ball last going to win. And it reminds me of like when when Pat Mahomes went against uh, the Rams. I think it was first year starting. It was like a 45-44 game. Uh, pick sixes and fumble. I mean, all kind of stuff. So I think this is going to be one of those games. I think it's at Minnesota, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct. Um, so it's a dome game. They ain't got to worry about no weather. All the stars are going to be out, all the offensive weapons, Addison, Osborne, Jefferson, Hawkinson. 
uh, if Dalvin Cook is not there, I think that just means they're going to throw the ball a whole lot more, which I don't know if that's the best-case scenario for the Chiefs, trying to defend somebody that refuses to run the ball. Um, so that might be, like you said, and it's the NFC game for the Chiefs. It's it's hard to say they get themselves as ready, as prepared for those NFC opponents because you know it doesn't count as heavily against the uh, – you're trying to get that one seed. So if there's a chance for there to be a letdown, after facing Aaron Rodgers and beating up the Jets, beating up the Bears, starting the season with 4-0, I think we five might be the one where I got to eat those points and take the Minnesota Vikings plus the points. So we're talking about Kirk Cousins for a second. In early games, Kirk Cousins 53-32-1, passer rating of 100, uh, 163 touchdowns to 59 picks. Afternoon games, the numbers are still halfway decent. 68% completion percentage is actually higher in late afternoon games as the, compared to the early numbers and even the, the primetime numbers. But the man is just 7-16 in his career in late afternoon games with pretty good numbers. So uh, the, the only thing I can say to, to Cuz is that he's been on some teams where, yeah, he's he's dropped the ball late in the game. But the overall picture, I, I think, tells a different story and... It's something that I think is going to be considered quite a bit. You'll see those numbers come up. If you're going to lean on Minnesota here, fellas, especially coming off week four, I don't know if I'm taking this number now. I feel like this is one I'm going to wait on uh, because I think you're going to see a lot of hype back towards Kansas City after that week four game. It might be a good time. We all agree, like probably the right and opportunistic time to fade them in week five, but I think a better number is on the way. Let's go from week five into week six. First Thursday night game of the year for Kansas City after the home opener. They are back at home. The Denver Broncos in town. Sean Payton, Russell mm. Wilson. Um, you know, I I talked about this last year a lot. That when Jacksonville went from uh, Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, the the concept of of having an adult in the room <laughs> makes. Makes a big difference. And, and Sean, I, I, you can certainly speak to this a whole hell of a lot better than I can as someone who, who's never played down a football in his life. But I think you're going to see substantial improvement from both Russ as well as Denver having Sean Payton there. I, I don't think he came back just to get a paycheck. I don't think they're going to like surprise anybody and try to win the division. But you went from Nathaniel Hackett, who clearly was in over his head, to a guy that's won a Super Bowl, who's had very... Uh, consistent, solid seasons in New Orleans, guy who ran the ship. And, and now I think coming into Kansas City, short week for, for for both of these teams. Chiefs, it's still a division game. I expect them to take care of business, but I, I just don't think we can laugh at Denver the same way that we've used to for the last several years. And remember, Denver has not beaten Kansas City in a long, long time. I don't think this will be the game where it happens, but Russ actually last year played really well against Kansas City and that was yeah. Latrakit as his coach. Yeah. So I think he definitely um goes back to the Russ of old. I think Sean Payton is a guru with the quarterback position. He's able to, you know, draw the best out of Russell Wilson. Um so I would definitely, you know, I'm taking the Broncos and the points. I'm taking the seven points. I'll sit on that and uh, feel really good about it. Um the best addition Denver could make was Sean Payton. And then obviously yeah. it, it was a sneaky pick during, I think, I don't know when they got smart P Ryan, but P Ryan has been given the chiefs nightmare. Like, well, like I wake up sometime in a cold sweat seeing P Ryan run the ball over our defense and I, and I don't even play no more. So um, 
picking that young man up, especially thinking that maybe Williams coming off an injury right might not re- be back at 100% to, you know, for that first half of the season. Um, but the Chiefs, they, they, they do something tremendously well versus the AFC West. It's always a knuckle fight. It's always bloody. It's always, you know, kick them, drag them out. Um, so it's never always a blowout. It's always t- it's just it's always some good football being played. And so seeing the Peyton uh, versus Andy Reid matchup, that, that that coaching chess mm-hmm. matchup, I think I'm gonna go ahead and take the team with the points. Like I said, I'm taking the Broncos plus seven. What do you think, Tom? You look at the schedule here. This is a run of three straight divisional. This starts the run of three straight divisional games. Um, so. Getting seven points at home on Thursday night football, coming off of a game against Minnesota on the road. I think I'm taking the points too because I just think divisional games are always close. A touch, a full touchdown is a little bit uh, too rich. I think we'll see how that line moves, how it goes. But I think Denver and the points is for for all the reasons you guys mentioned, just seems uh, too good. I still think the Chiefs win, right? I don't, I don't think that they lose this game, but I don't, I don't think it's by a touchdown. We got another game, as Tucker said, three straight games coming up. For the Chiefs against the division. We will hit on the Chargers game coming up next. Stay with us. It's Benny and the Bets with Sean Barber and Dr. Franklin. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, fellas. Let's keep it going. We got the Chargers now coming up in week mm-hmm. eight. Um, and a bit of a surprising line for me against the Chargers team that has usually, especially at Arrowhead, hung tough with Kansas City. Like, I think the last handful of years, I believe the Chargers have covered when they've come to Arrowhead. I know they did last year uh, in that three-point game. Granted, it was a late touchdown, and I think that was the game also that uh, uh, Herbert got hurt in that game, still played through a lot of that injury. Uh, five and a half points, like kind of a, a weird line which makes you think that at some point that number might get up to six, depending on how the Chargers start the year. I'm excited for what that offense will actually look like. I, I think going from, um, who was it, Joe Lombardi last year to yep. Owen Moore, um, I, that's a nice upgrade. The problem is that, and, and if there are anybody that, that tuned in to Benny and the Bets a uh, handful of weeks ago, uh, Kate Majuk from uh, Gaming Society, we were talking about uh, Brandon Staley. And she made the great analogy. It's like, it doesn't matter like whether or not you have a much nicer car. Like, you're right. still a shitty driver. Like, Brandon <laughs> Haley has not been a good driver of the shift yep. in Los Angeles Chargers. So even though the tools look a little bit nicer and the car is a little bit more polished, uh, at some point, Staley's got to make the right calls and just hasn't shown time and time again that he's ready for it. So I, I kind of look at Kansas City here that, if you're looking at it from this perspective, that if the number is likely going to six, you want to take them at five and a half. Mm. But it's also a Chargers team that has played them well at Arrowhead Talk. So do you look at the Chargers saying five and a half on the road against the Kansas City team that they played well? Still maybe take the points here? Again, it's a divisional game. So I always like the, the lower point totals always come through in the divisional games, right? It'll all level out. But I'm just looking at the past just matchups that the Chiefs and, and Chargers have had. That's a three-point win for the Chiefs. Uh, this is a little bit more than a uh, little bit more than that five, but uh, that's a six point win. That's I mean you've got some wins that are kind of in that area, but there hasn't the only one that they had that in like overtime they won by by six points because you know that you kind of score touchdown to win. Um, but a lot of these games have been incredibly close. 
I still like to err on the side of of uh, you know taking the points in these games, especially if they're big ones over more than three, two and a half, three points. I think is really where you want to settle in uh, for for a divisional game, especially for me personally. Um, but I think that this game this game is obviously going to be close. The Chargers are going to be close, and all these divisional games will be close. All these teams are built to beat the Chiefs. I know. Uh, the Chiefs have dominated the division, but they're building teams to purposely exploit what the Chiefs are not good at. So they're going to look naturally a little bit worse against the division, even though the division overall might be a little bit worse than, you know, what you would think against the rest of the NFL. But I do think that the the lower point total, um, I'm probably taking the Chargers in this one with the with the minus, the, the, with the five and a half, the plus five and a half, I should say. How do you think Chargers next year, Sean? I'm going to say ditto to week six, the same thing my man Tuck said. Whenever it's the AFC West playing one another points, you know, it's hard to come by. It's always going to be a tight battle. Yep. It is, this game, though, because it's week six, is early enough in the season where I think there's a possibility that Herbert has all his weapons, right? He might have Williams. He might have uh, Keenan Allen, and he might have the new, the new joker, uh, Quentin Johnson. Mm-hmm. If he gets all of those guys active and going, um, they could give, uh, uh, arrow, you know, Arrowhead, they could give the, the Chiefs fans a run for their money. But the the one factor I think that if Austin Eckler, that young man, now I don't have, uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to people's uh, social media and Twitter accounts and IG, but when it was time for him to ask for his contract and to see him work out and he's power cleaning 400 pounds and squatting 600 pounds, hey man, that might, he's he's out there for blood this year. <laughs> He ain't no charger this year. He's he got his own name on his back. He running for that next contract. So he's gonna be running hard. And so stuff like that is what I say, man. I can't bet against this young man this year. Uh he's gonna be trying to earn all his paychecks, all the contracts, all the dollars. So it's gonna be a tight one. So I'm gonna go ahead and take those charges plus the five point five and all this uh yeah, I'll take that right now. The point you made about Eckler is really interesting because, like, that's the dude that was undrafted, that's come into his own, and has earned every opportunity mm-hmm. for playing time. Like, he shows up. Like, I, I know we talk about whether or not the, the running back position still has a whole lot of long-term value on a team, whether or not you just you draft a guy and then you draft another one and another one, and you, you don't pay a guy, unfortunately, when he's starting to hit their prime because of the injuries. Eckler is a guy that I would bet on because of his ability to pass catch because they trust him in blocking situations because he's really hard to tackle. And like you said, Sean, everything that he has done this offseason, he said the right thing. He deserves to have that opportunity to get paid for not just his past performance, but I think what he's going to present in the future. So I I hope there's a team that's willing to take a chance on him because that's a dude that I want to buy stock in because I buy into Austin Eckler's talent and Mm -hmm. he's and determination, even at a position that I think is starting to become uh, looked at without that value that, that still remains. So I, I thought it was a really good point. Moving back on, we got another chiefs Broncos game, but we talked about this line a couple weeks ago on a Thursday night game, primetime in Kansas City. That was a seven-point line for the Chiefs. Now you go to Denver, and all of a sudden, the Chiefs are still favorites, guys, but it goes from seven to three and a half. So I guess it's sort of a two-part question, Sean. Like, are the Broncos three and a half points better at home rather than going rather than you know going into Arrowhead? And do you look at this spot, you know, finally, you know, pat, you know having two games in three weeks, familiarity is going to breed a little bit more contempt. I, I think this is a good opportunity where you might want to consider Denver, uh, even though we were probably considering them a couple weeks ago as well. 
Yeah, I, I was on Denver with the seven points. I'm going to have to wait on this with the three and a half. Um, I don't think that the Denver Broncos at home is a three, um, you know, two and a half, three point swing. Um, I think they're the same team. Um, if anything, with the Broncos, you know, they get uh, you know a little bit more familiar to uh, Coach Payton and, and Russell get a little more f- familiarity with each other. But I think the thing that the, the Chiefs bring is that again, they're, they're a championship team. They've been together a long time. They've played multiple games now as a unit up in Denver, so the thin air isn't. Is not their first rodeo up going up there, so everybody's kind of used to it. And if this team was 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 relying on a lot of young guys and rookies, I think to you know to, to kind of tote the the rock and and tote the rope for them, I would be a little bit concerned. Your first time up in Denver, but all the guys that are penciled to start for the for the Chiefs, I think have been there. They've been there. They they've been to Denver before. They know what it's like with the thin air, and they'll be prepared and ready uh, to go. Um, against the Broncos, so I would I'm going to wait on this game because I think that actually um, the, the Chiefs are going to going to definitely win the game, but I think it's going the the point spread is going to triple down to maybe two and a half because I think both teams are going to be playing well, yeah. so I'd rather jump on them uh, the Chiefs at two and a half rather than at three and a half. Well, that I agree with for sure. What about you, Tim? Patrick Holmes doesn't lose on the road. I know this isn't like a straight up money line bet, but I mean Patrick Mahomes plays out actually outstanding on the road in the division. Um, when you look at it, and I actually hate how this schedule lines up. I hate playing the, the, the Broncos twice in three weeks. I think that that is awful, and I think the schedule maker should be in timeout for whoever made this. Uh, you should not allow to be make schedules ever again. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm with Barbara on that too. Just, I just hate the quick turnaround with this, especially being at Denver. Uh, right after playing the Chargers at home too, that could be another light down game. So um, just the way that this game stacks up, it looks like it's stacking up against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, it just feels like it's a number that they're trying to trick you into taking Kansas yeah. City, and I, I, I don't know if I can necessarily fall for it. Now, if Sean's, you know, if Sean's on the the fact that this line moves down to three or or even two and a half, then yeah, absolutely, you take Kansas City here. Uh, but the three and a half, remember that three is a very very key number. Yeah. So if you can get Denver at home at plus three and a half, especially knowing what they just saw from Kansas City, uh, that to me I, I think sets up really nicely uh, for Denver to be able to get that cover um, in, in that week. Um, moving on, let's, let's move away from uh, the division. Take, take a little break uh, and head out to Germany in a game that uh, is going to be an 8.30 central kickoff. Um, man, like, for, it would have been fun. Like, this... Can we all can we all admit something really quickly? Like, yep, this should have been this should have been the the home opener, right? This should have been the season opener. Miami, Kansas City is supposed to, like the lines are fun, but this should have been the game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when I saw that come out, and because it, it came out, I think the day before the actual schedule, the whole schedule came out, I was like, man. And I I think I had put out a tweet about like teams I wanted to see at Arrowhead Week One. The Dolphins were the first one that I wanted to see. Tyreek Hill, Ty Hill returned home, dropping a banner on his head. That would have been pretty sweet. That would have been pretty sweet to see. Um, and just the the whole atmosphere in general. But the what I don't like about playing the Dolphins, or maybe I do like this, about playing the Dolphins this late in the season. And by the way, five five and a half point favorite for Kansas City yes. in Germany against Miami in this game. I, I don't know if two is going to be healthy or not. And I think that's kind of the big thing with this is by week nine, if, if I was a betting man, which I am, 
I'm betting on Tua. I'm betting on Tua not being healthy. So I'm betting as being Teddy Bridgewater. Scott, I don't know who the backup. Oh, Mike White is actually the backup quarterback. Right. Oh, yes. I'm betting Mike White versus Patrick Mahomes in Germany week nine, which is of course what the NFL wanted the whole time. Um, but I just I'm not I'm not buying uh, the Miami hype. I'm not so sold on Tua's health. I know he debated on retiring this offseason uh, because of his some health issues. Um, so five and a half, I think, is another another interesting number that I feel like you're getting. You're like, hey, t- come on, take take the Chiefs. You 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 know you want them, but I think I'll take the at the five and a half. Man, I, I'm totally gonna gonna just uh, stick with my man Tuck. Man, if if Tua, if you could if you could tell me Tua was starting, I would take the Dolphins plus the points every day, all day, twice on Sunday. I believe. Uh, with Waddle and with Cheetah, I, I believe those two receivers are like, you know, both top eight receivers in the league. I think Waddle's under, un, unstoppable in one-on-one coverage. Obviously, Cheetah is. Uh, and so that combination is just electric, and it, and it's tough to defend. It's tough for anybody to defend. Um, but without Tua, uh, you see, I think it's a, it's a, it is a difference between Tua and Mike White. I think it's a big difference. And how that offense runs without having uh, – the gunslinger, the guy that can get the ball to the receivers. I think that offense uh, definitely takes a step down. But defensively, they made some adjustments to bring in another corner, right? Jalen Ramsey's there. Uh, he's going to take a challenge. But uh, man, something in me feels like Jalen Ramsey is a little bit beyond his prime. He's not the Jalen Ramsey when he was with the Rams. He's not that lockdown corner no more. Um, he's, yeah, I think he's a little bit beyond his prime. And now I think offenses can find ways to take advantage of his – aggressiveness and his athleticism um, and that swagger he comes to the field with. So I would see our offense definitely doing what we want to with him, taking advantage the same way we took advantage of Marcus Peters when he was on the field, um, just understanding his mentality, his mindset, and be able to create big players around that. I think Andy Reidman would do that. Um, so, I, I, again, uh, I, I would love to eat these points with the Dolphins, but since you can't promise me two are going to be there, I'm going to say history – you know, Father Time is, you know, hey, man, this game is not for long. NFL is not for long for a reason. And there's some big jokers, weeks one through eight, they're going to be coming after Tua. I don't think he's going to be in the lineup by week nine. So I'm going to take the Chiefs plus the uh, – I mean, Chiefs to cover the five and a half. I, I think that's probably the move that I'm going with as well. I think the one move that we can all probably agree on for this game, Tyreek Hill receiving yards over, right? Like, yes. Yeah. The moment the line comes out, Jump on board, go ahead and lock it in because you know that that number is going to climb all week. And then maybe you try to middle it out a little bit. Like if it's at like 84 and a half to start and then goes up to like 92, maybe you have a nice little middle opportunity out in Germany as well because you know they are going to force feed them the ball a ton. Also, to the point about Tua, 19, 14, and one in his career against spread. So when he's been on the field, uh, this guy's given you about a 10% return on investment. Uh, he's been a good covering quarterback for Miami over the course of his career. The question is, 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 is the guy going to be able to stay healthy? And with those injuries, especially those head injuries from you know last year uh, and even in years past, it, it is a scary proposition as to whether or not if he goes down one more time, uh, what could be the future for you know, a really bright, uh, smart individual that uh, I think really contemplated an important decision in his life heading into the offseason this year. So it's going to be fascinating how that ends up working out as we head to the middle of that season. Chiefs have a bye the following week. Then we got the Kelsey Bowl yet again. Monday Night Football 
Uh, Eagles and Chiefs in Week 11. Chiefs are a three-point favorite at home. Sean, I want to go to you on this one first because there's obviously plenty of there's going to be a level of excitement for both teams. It is at Arrowhead. It is a Monday night game. Mahomes has always put up phenomenal numbers in prime time. Um, but it's also the most the, the revenge game of all revenge games for Philadelphia. And it's going to mean a little bit more to them than it is to Kansas City. I, I, I think it's hard to, to make that argument even going into Arrowhead. Are we looking at Philadelphia here? Even with Andy Reid coming off the bye, where he's always been so dominant throughout the course of his career, and say to ourselves, maybe we got to take Philadelphia here, not just to to cover, but, but maybe even get that money line win as well. So, man, I was thinking about this as I was making my picks, and you know, hey, man, I got I got all my, my my notes and everything down, so I'm not just coming off the top of the dome, man. I just I wanted to go Eagles right here. I wanted to go Eagles post the points. Um, uh, everything, you know, like you said, up until Andy Reid after the bye, I'm thinking, well, Andy is really, really good after the bye. But then I started thinking about the Eagles after the bye. You know what? The Eagles are really good after the bye also. And coming off of that phenomenal year they had last year, uh, man, that ground and pound, the way that defense just got after quarterbacks nonstop in the regular season, the way they ran the ball, and then they had, you know, Smith and A.J. Brown, um, man, that one-two punch with that running game, man, it, it, it was hurts. He was he was doing some things, and actually in the Super Bowl, if I got to be honest with you, I think if you just look at mano a mano, if if he didn't drop the ball on that on that uh, scoop and score, he might have actually you know to a man outdueled Pat Mahomes in that game. When you talk about just his stats and ability and what they did in that actual game, um, so it's the rematch, it's the rubber match, it's time to go back. You know, line it back up. Let's do it again. Uh, I think the Eagles end up being the hungrier team. It's hard to say that. As a Chiefs fan, it's hard to say another team comes in the arrowhead and it's the hungrier team. But, man, that team, they, they showed us everything they wanted uh, last season. And I think that that coaching staff and those players are coming into 2023 on a mission. And I think that, you know, coming in the arrowhead is just another uh, box they want to check. And I think they probably will want it a little bit more than we do. Uh, because we're going to have some shiny rings to show all, all season long. Sometimes, man, you just got to you gotta understand the guy on the other side of the ball, he gets paid too, and he gets paid to make some plays. So I'm going to take the Eagles plus the three, and that, 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 that point spread actually might end up being more than plus three by the time that game comes just because, you know, Chiefs fans, we're going to pay for it. We'll, 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 we'll back our Chiefs no matter what. And that, that point spread might get pumped up to three and a half, maybe four before game time. No, it's really, yeah, it's it's a really interesting game. I don't have any stats to this. Is almost an anecdotal type of, of thing, but it seems like every time the Chiefs have a big game in the playoffs, when they play them again in the regular season, they lose to them. If you think about the Buffalo Bills when they had the 13 seconds game, they play them in the regular season, they lose to them, and and it seems like this is kind of shaping up kind of the same way. It's a game that you know every game in the NFL matters, right? But it's a game that doesn't have the same stakes quite as the Super Bowl. I think we can all admit that. Um, that this regular season game doesn't. But it's going to be a great game. I know that this game, people wanted it early on in the season. People were talking about it week one. I think this game is good later on in the season. Chiefs have a very back-heavy schedule when it comes to the talent of the teams that they play. Uh, I almost said Georgia because they basically are Georgia. Philadelphia did a really good job, I think, in this draft, in this offseason of reloading the talent that they that they needed to, to get on that team. They're a scary team. They're one of those teams I look at and think, okay, 
they're probably favorites in the in the win the NFC. I haven't seen any of the the futures odds to come out, but you'd have to think that they are maybe even Super Bowl favorites right now with what they've done this offseason. So I'll probably take the Eagles in this game money line straight outright just because I think you're gonna get a little bit better value than that uh, in the spread. If there any now, Benny, before we go on, I'm gonna make one interjection because the loss of both of the coordinators. I don't know if Vegas and the betting lines have paid attention to that. That that's a big that's a big big loss. Both no offense and defensive coordinators trying to replace both of those positions in one offseason. Um, I know we lost our OC, uh, we lost uh, Eric Bieniemy to the to the Washington Commanders, but Matt Nagy, who is a former OC, was ready to just fall back into place. So it's almost like we didn't uh, didn't miss a beat. Um, I, I think that that early in the season, if this game was early in the season. That might be something that hurts the Eagles, but I think by week, uh, with that by week, by week eleven, yeah, by week eleven, by week eleven, yeah, I think the Eagles have probably learned a way to right the ship, or they're a little bit more comfortable with whoever's the coordinators by that time. Yeah, that's that's a really really good point that you bring up because Shane Steichen goes to Indianapolis, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's. There's some in the Philadelphia community that that would have you believe that that Jonathan Gannon uh, going to Arizona was actually uh, beneficial yeah. for Philadelphia. I know that the second half of the season, not a lot of uh, fans were uh, happy with the performance of, of the Eagles' defense. I I think you can go either way, but that's a really compelling point. And and one other note that I think is is worthwhile here that I know we talked about taking you know Philadelphia money line for just maybe wanting this game a little bit more. Andy Reid, since coming to Kansas City in in 2013, is 12 and three straight up after a bye. However, against the spread since 2013, just seven and eight. So something to consider that you might see some inflated numbers when that game comes along because of Andy Reid's record coming off of the bye. They win the game, but they do not cover more often than maybe most people would likely lead you to. Something worth considering in that game, especially if this line starts to move any more in favor uh, of Kansas City here. Uh, let's move on to the game after that. You've got uh, Kansas City Chiefs coming off that game against the Eagles uh, and then head to Vegas. Uh, late game against the Raiders. Five-point favorites on the road. I I can't figure out the, the identity of, of what Las Vegas <laughs> wants to do. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to last an entire season had a chance to go ahead and get a quarterback, decided not to. Uh, they're they're going with Jimmy as the guy and hope that the McDaniels connection with a former Patriots quarterback is going to be the, the end-all, be-all. I personally don't buy it, and I think it's a good opportunity uh, for the Chiefs to go out and smash the Raiders uh, in Las Vegas where they've been known to play them very, very well. They, they tend to sleep a little bit when the Raiders come to Arrowhead. But in Vegas, uh, they, they tend to light them up. And even at five and a half, I feel like this is a good line for Kansas City, uh, especially after that game on Monday night. For sure. And when you look at kind of this game being so late, this is the first time they're playing the Chargers, and it's week 12th. And, or, for the Raiders, right. Raiders, yes. Yeah, sorry. This is the first time they're playing the Raiders, and it's in week 12. And by this time, who knows? They might already be tanking for Caleb Williams by, by this point. So uh, they might have already done the Jimmy Garoppolo experience and it not worked out. So they're just trying to lose as many games as uh, as you can. So I think that I'm taking the five and a half. I'm with you, Benny. I think that they're going to absolutely roll the Raiders. And look, this might be a little biased to me, but I'm going to take the points for the Chiefs anytime that they're going to play the Raiders. I just want to see them blow them out. It's a lot more fun to cheer for more points 
um, against uh, the Raiders than it is to cheer for the less points. I'll keep it short and sweet. I got the Raiders minus five. In my notes, it says this. Raiders plus Garoppolo experiment blows up in Josh Daniels' face. So before you even said it, Benny Heights, it was already in my notes. The experiment is going to blow up. And the, the, the problem that intrigues me so much about the Raiders is you have phenomenal running back stats, phenomenal receiver stats, but somehow as a team, you can't win ball games. And so I think Devontae Adams is going to have another top three season. I'm always going to take Devontae Adams with the over. Josh Jacobs, I think that he probably burned a little bit too much of his trade trying to get that Russian title last year. And he probably comes back to the norm. He probably comes back to be a middle-of-the-road running back. And the question mark for me with this Raiders is, is Michael Mayer what he's what everybody thought he was? Is he a, a an elite tight end that was caught in college at Notre Dame and is ready to explode on a league? I don't think so. I, 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 don't, I don't think he's explosive enough. I think he's just a good, solid tight end. And when they had Waller, they they wouldn't able to beat the Chiefs, so I don't I don't think this kid Michael Mayer is better than Walter. So I'm taking the Chiefs minus the points to cover. Yeah, I the the Darren Waller Daniel Jones connection in New York is going to be really fun. That's that's a big miss because that guy was an absolute mismatch all over the field. Uh, had some injury concerns, and, and I get that at some point they were going to have to to pay him a little bit, and uh, were a bit hesitant to do so. But I'm I'm a buyer. Uh, for what he's going to do yeah. this year, and you know, it's a combination of I, they did bring in Austin Hooper too, so they don't necessarily have to to force Mayer in there. And you know, like I'm just looking at their depth chart now, like former former Chicago Bears, like fourth string tight end, training camp preseason hype up man Jesper Horstead uh, right now is near the top of that depth chart. So you mm. worry how the uh, how, how the mighty have fallen especially at um, what was a premier spot for the Raiders before. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas City and, and feel fairly confident uh, in this one. We'll see about the game at Arrowhead coming up. But we go from that game to another night game. Chiefs are back on the road for the second straight week um, against the Green Bay Packers, going back to Lambeau, five-and-a-half-point favorites against Jordan Love and company. And I think this is a... If you're Green Bay, obviously this is probably an ideal time to to play Kansas City. You you got the Lambeau faithful on Sunday night. Uh, it's going to start to get a little bit cold. It's uh, going to be that final weekend in November. Five and a half night game, Kansas City against a, a Packers team that projects to be at the bottom of the division. Yes, Rodgers is gone, but there's still a part of me that that looks at Green Bay collectively and says there's still a lot of talent on this team. The defense was supposed to be elite last year. It never really showed up. Right. I, I do think if they get some guys back and they're able to stay healthy, I, this this feels like it's going to be like an underplay for me as opposed to necessarily taking the Chiefs at, at five and a half. I, I'll probably lean Kansas City before the number gets to six, but it's probably a pass for me and likely a play on the under once we get that number to start to come out. Uh, Sean, you 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 played it at Lambeau. I don't know if you ever had a chance to play there under the lights, but, man, that's that's a unique a unique of a place as any, even if one of the, the great quarterbacks that they've had over the last you know, 25, 30 years isn't going to be on the field. And Jordan Love's going to have a lot of time to finally start to get going as well. Benny Heist, if I tell you this, one thing I know is I, I, I know a jag when I see one. 
And I say Jag, I'm talking about just a guy. Uh, Jordan Love is just a guy. He, he's not an NFL-ready quarterback. He's been sitting on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers waiting for his opportunity. When he's been able to get out there, he hasn't shown the capability of running a pro-style offense. And the fact that they moved on and, and didn't find any replacement for him is amazing to me. That organization has too much history, too much pride to be ran by somebody who just is not capable. And so in my notes, I put the Chiefs minus 15 and a half. So I, I took him for 15 and a half points. So I'm going to tease that baby up and bet a hundred and walk away with a couple of G's or something. Cause uh, I'm, I'm taking him at 15 and a half, forget the five and a half. So I'm, I'm big on the chiefs on uh, uh, them just going in that Lambeau with all the mystique and just dominating this team. Cause it's getting, it's time to start focusing on the playoffs and it's time for us to see the best that the chiefs have. I think this is just the time that usually our team turns that final corner and start making a sprint for the end of the season. And we're starting chasing that number one seed. And come, come this week, I, I, I think we're, we're not going to even play around with the Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon and all the, the different weapons. We're not going to let them make it a ground game. I think, you know, one thing Patrick Mahomes has shown is, though he's from uh, Tyler, Texas, he can spin it in the snow. He throws it very well in the snow. And he doesn't let snow or sleet or rain, any of those things, those elements prevent him from throwing the ball uh, very accurately. So I, I see him going to uh, Lambeau and uh, just taking care of business. Like I said, I, I, I'm going to take these uh, Chiefs minus the five and a half. It's interesting because when we're talking about these lines, I wouldn't have anticipated the Bears being the biggest line. I think I would have probably taken this game as being the biggest line. Now, I think what does play into that, obviously, is this is on the road in Lambeau at night game, Sunday night football. That does play a lot into it. Uh, but I do think this game, like, I think the Chiefs will have a bigger margin of victory against the Packers than they will against the Bears. Um, and that, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I, I think just by the, the, the watch out. Uh, I don't know, but by the, by the time this game rolls around, I just, I, I can't imagine that this will be much of a contest for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be ripping Roar ready to go. And I think the the Packers might be tanking for Caleb Williams. They might get a few teams taking for Caleb Williams by the time their schedule rolls around to the end of it. So I was trying to roll these numbers while I while I could find them. Um, Pat Mahomes as a road Pat, Pat Mahomes on the road in prime time. Not Ooh. not not necessarily loading up, but I mean on the road in general. Um, he's always had much better numbers covering the spread compared yeah. to at home. Um, it, it just feels like a like to Sean's point, if if they're trying to figure out whether or not they're taking for to get that next guy in the Favre and Roger sweepstakes, um, you, you might want to jump on Kansas City now. Now again, like that maybe that also means that it could be a spot for Kansas City to kind of sleepwalk a little bit. Sure. Maybe this is sort of like the the Packers Super Bowl at this point late in the season. Um I do think, though, to that point, this might be a good opportunity to get the Chiefs um, at a pretty solid number here. All right. We we still got a few more games to go. This is a very intriguing one. The following week, and again, maybe you're looking at this game, even though in prime time, it's hard to have a game that you might you look at as a look-ahead game. But the following week, the Chiefs are back at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills have had success coming into Arrowhead yeah. in the regular season. Postseason is, is a bit of a different story. Uh, how do we think about Buffalo in this spot, getting three and a half on the road? Uh, Tucker, I'll go to you. 
Yeah, I do. I do think I like Buffalo in this game. Look, the Chiefs have, as I said earlier, it seems like they always uh, Buffalo's had their number in the regular season, but oddly enough, in the playoffs, they kind of turn it around. And um, I think this is going to be one of those games where uh, Buffalo three and a half would be a good one. These games are never <laughs> that far away. They're always very close games. So I think if you're getting Chiefs uh, three and a half there, what I'm seeing the line, I'll probably take Buffalo plus the three and a half because it's probably going to be a one, two point game. And just the way that these games historically take out, shake out. Yeah, this is going to come down to a field goal at the end. So I'm going to leave the hook for somebody else. Let, let that hook grab somebody else's mouth. And I'm going to go with my man Tuck, man. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills and eat those three and a half points and feel good about it, man. Um, at the end of the day, this is the only team where I line up the Stars versus the Chiefs. If I say Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Gabe Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Kincaid, Knox, uh, Sherfield, when I, you know, and Cook in the backfield, if I, if I look at those weapons and I try to uh, match up Kansas City's weapons, I'm actually kind of – I think this is the only game I'm I'm feeling like the Buffalo Bills have more weapons than we do. Um, and they actually have an elite quarterback that can utilize all those weapons. And they're at home. All of those things add up for a tough, tough road game that late in the season. Um, so I'm going to go ahead, like you say, I'm going to make the smart bet and I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills plus the three and a half. There, there's also something, too, that the last couple of years, Josh Allen has gotten a lot of hype in the preseason, deservedly so, a very popular MVP pick in, in just the, the final results haven't gone his way. Mm-hmm. I, I remember Alex Smith had a line that I, I love sort of in his later years. I, I think it was before they drafted Mahomes. But for a long time, Alex Smith said, like, I, I need a little bit more like F you in me, like, like sort of play with that attitude that like, all right, like I'm not trying to, I, I can't make a mistake. And then yeah. basically said, all right, I'm, and he went out and slung it and had a, had a really, really solid year. I can't help but wonder, like, with everyone starting to kind of pile on Josh Allen and he's had some off-season news too, this might be an opportunity for for a bit of a mental reset where he goes out and flat out slings it and, and basically says, all right, you guys are going to remember me. You're not going to sleep on me again. So I, I do think Buffalo getting the hook uh, is an intriguing play. Another time where the Chiefs are having to deal with the hook, following week, it's another Monday Night Football game, week 15 against the New England Patriots. Um, as somebody who watched my Chicago Bears, the worst team in the NFL last year, pound New England on a Monday night game in New England, I, I'm not afraid of Gillette Stadium and Bill Belichick in that spot. Um, I, I think three and a half is it, it almost feels like a bit of a trap to me, right? Like, yeah. what am I, what am I missing? This line feels like it should probably be closer to, to four and a half or five. I'm very much leaning. Uh, Sean, on, on taking Kansas City here, first blush reaction. Um, is there something that I'm missing? It feels like this is a very ideal spot for them, especially with a little bit of extended rest. Yeah, I just I haven't seen any change in the DNA of New England. You know, they mm-hmm. get Christian Gonzalez, and basically he's it's the like same. As, pick, though. Yeah, but he's the same as Gilmore. He's the same as J.C. I mean, they've always had a good one corner, but mm-hmm. where's the rest? Of, where's the beef? Where's the rest of the defense? Where's Bill Belichick, the defensive guru? scheming up ways to stop you know in the late half of the season he's getting blown out and they're losing landslide games to quarterbacks who i can't even think can complete a pass <laughs> and i'm like i know bill belichick knows defense better than what the team is showing us uh come after week 10 of these seasons and so i i, I just think that if if things are going the way they have gone uh last season 
I, I might have to finally believe it. I never wanted to say this because I have so much respect for Bill Belichick, but we might be seeing the last dance. This might be the end of a dynasty of an era. Big bad Bill Belichick. This might be his final year based off of the way this season goes. And I believe that everything in New England at this point in the season is going to be pressing hard reset. Um, and they're going to try to make a, a, a total, a total re reboot. And it might start with the man up top. This might be the swan song for uh, Bill Belichick. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, this, this seems like one that I would absolutely hammer the chiefs on. Uh, it seems like a line right now that could move in more in favor of the chiefs as the season goes on. So get out in front of it right now. I mean, it's just, it's just unreal. Uh, that that this point right now, I see that one. I I might run over to my DraftKings right now and place that bet, uh, just so I don't miss it because that seems like one that could be a, a huge blowout. You you might see some, uh, I forgot Blaine Gabbert. You might see some Blaine Gabbert in this game towards the end of it. No, thank you. <laughs> I listen. I I I know I know that Blaine Gabbert, especially with from the guy wearing the tiger shirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't 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 speak ill uh, of one Blaine Gabbert. But you know what? If you're if you're a Chiefs fan, you end up seeing him in the game more often than not. Uh, it's going to be in a blowout. You hope that that's really the only time yes. uh, that you're seeing playing Gabbard out on the field. All right, so you go from the Patriots on Monday night to back at home, um, I, and then this is uh, I'm let's say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I I got this wrong. This is the uh, the Christmas Day game. Um, yes. It's another Monday game. So you're going from Monday night football to Monday day. She's eight and a half point favorites uh, against the Raiders. So you don't even have to deal really with the the short week here. Eight and a half, guys. I know it's the Raiders, and they're bad, and we were all over Kansas City in Las Vegas. But eight and a half, I guess, unless you're sort of vying for, um, you know, again, the number one seed, eight and a half yeah. division game, I'm probably going to be leaning Raiders here and holding my nose. Uh, this is probably the, the smart way to do it, uh, but I think Vegas has already factored in the the Jimmy Garoppolo experience blowing up. As uh, Barbara already said, they're already factoring it in. They're saying, well, they're going to mail it in by then. The Chiefs will have it wrapped up, uh, maybe have the division wrapped up by then. Uh, so it's a very interesting line, the eight and a half um, at home. So they're saying that they're three points better, right? Three and a half points better than uh, than what they are on the road against the... I lost that line. Uh, but yeah, was, I think eight and a half... We're more with you. We got okay. it. Okay. Uh, I think they're eight and a half... I think I'll still take the Chiefs on that one just because I want to see them put up as much points as possible on the Raiders. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm going to go with the Mavs. The Mavs tells me, man, go ahead and take the Raiders in the points. Yeah. Even though the, the Garoppolo Raiders experiment blows up in uh, early in the season, I think the Raiders, this based off of the pride. Uh, Devontae Adams is a dog. He's a beast. So I think he's still going to be a problem. He's still going to be an issue. Um, even when we had him double team, we couldn't keep him from catching the ball most times during the season. So, I think he's going to still go out there and get his man on. Like you said, if, if there was a way to parlay this, I'd take the over for Devontae Adams, the over for Josh Jacobs, um, and take the Raiders plus the eight and a half points. I think that's just enough meat on that bone for me to go ahead and eat the Raiders and those points um, late in the season. So Mahomes is a touchdown favorite at home over the course of his career, 16-21-1. and one against the spreads that only covers about 43% of the time. I'll see if I can find that number really quickly as to what that is against the division. But again, like the, the numbers indicate that divisional games late in the season tend to be closer. Uh, and Mahomes has always put up better numbers on the road and covering than at home. So eight and a half. Yeah. Raiders are bad, 
but it might feel like at this point you, you probably want to lean a little bit closer uh, to go ahead and take in the points, even on a road, even late in the season uh, in a potential very snowy and cold Kansas City. All right, fellas, let's. Uh, we got a, a big game here, Week 17. Another three and a half point spread for Kansas City. Although I, I have to think that we might see a little bit more movement. Uh, get closer to three. Uh, right now, the Chiefs are three and a half point favorites uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals at Arrowhead. And in a, a matchup that I think you can certainly make an argument is is probably becoming the most fun new rivalry in the NFL with the Bengals and the Chiefs. It's three and a half. It's obviously an opportunity to to try and show out a little bit. Uh, playoff positioning could be on the line, uh, but the Bengals are going through some transitions as well, and yeah, you know, they're trying to figure out sort of how they're going to compile this team together uh, for the long term. So, are we looking at Kansas City in this spot? Um, maybe even at three and a half with the hook as a value play uh, compared to taking a team like Cincinnati and Burrow, uh, who have been an elite covering team uh, since Burrow has gotten to town. Talk. I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, my first reaction is uh, right now to take the Bengals. I think as this as the season progresses, this is going to have playoff implications. There's a reason the NFL put this in Week 17. Yeah. It's going to have playoff implications on it. It's going to be it's going to be for seeding either for the number one seed or who's going to be the number two seed. It's, it's, that's really what it's going to be come and shape out to be. As you mentioned, Joe Burrow and the Bengals have been very good at covering. I think that this line works closer to a pick'em, maybe even a half point. Um, so. I think right now, if the line stands, I'm taking the Bengals because this game is going to be closer than I think more than a field goal. Uh, but I think when it gets to that that one point, that's when we're that's when we're really cooking, and that's when yeah, I feel comfortable taking the Chiefs. But right now, I think look at that line; it's it's Bengals for me. Man, my man Tuck, he dropped so many little Easter egg nuggets in that in that in that in that man. He said, "Keep it close to the vest, cutting the, the uh, fat off the bacon, keeping it close. He's cooking up some." Man, listen. There's some kind of a, a chef show we about to do later on. Cause he got my, he got my mouth watering, thinking we about to eat some bacon like a BLT or something. I'm trying to figure out my thoughts for the Bengals. He got me over here thinking about a, a bacon lettuce cheese sandwich or something like that. So, <laughs> man, my man Tuck, man, he's a master of many uh, talents and uh, get man, out of here. It's a savant when it comes to these pickums. So, but I'm I'm with him. I'm with him. I'm riding. I'm with I'm with Team Tuck. Team Nick Tuck. And uh, we're going to take those bangles. We're going to take these points. We're going to ride out here with that three and a half because we know that both of these teams going to be at it. They're going to be fighting for that number one seat coming into the year. It's going to be a – by the time this spread, this line gets to a game, it's going to be a one, maybe a one and a half point spread. So I'm going to love what we got right now. Um, let's let's go ahead and take these bangles. Uh, those three wide receivers and Joe Mick, if, if all those three receivers and Joe Mixon is healthy, that offense is as potent as it comes. Um, Joe Barrow, Joe Joe Beasy, uh, you know, uh, Pat's dag, and we smoking on those Joe Barrow, talking about them cigars and stuff. We gonna bring all, we gonna bring all that back, you know, Barrow. Hey, all all of that's coming back. We gonna talk about all the all week long, and that point spread gonna get tighter and tighter, closer and closer, and we gonna be sitting on three and a half like some fat rats. Me and Nip Tuck talking about that BLT sandwich we about to make. By the way, the Bengals, since Joe Burrow was drafted, since 2020, 13-6-0 against the spread as a dog on the run. That's that's impressive, yeah, right? Buddy. By the way, you want to know something even crazier? Kansas City has only been an underdog twice on the road. On the road wow. since 2020. Wow. They're 2-0 and 
in both of those games with a margin of victory of 12 points and an against the spread plus minus of 14 and a half. So next time you see Kansas City as a road dog, go ahead and and bet the house on them uh, because that's been a, a real solid spot for them. Cincinnati in that spot has been has been really good as well. I'm, I'm now I have to see and try to figure out the last time the Chiefs have been a home underdog because it's got to been it's been a while, several several years uh, for that spot. All right, boys, appreciate it. We got one more game left. You guys have been awesome with your time. I'm super grateful. It's been a lot of fun uh, going through the schedule here for Kansas City in the final game of the regular season. It's another matchup with the Chargers this time in LA. Again, if the Chiefs have this thing wrapped up, um, might want to go ahead and, and consider jumping on L.A. here. Um, Brandon Steele might be trying to coach for his job. Uh, <laughs> but also, as we've seen before, the Chargers have had times to get into the postseason in the final week of the season, and they haven't been able to deliver there as well. Chiefs are a two-point favorite week 18 on the road uh, going to L.A. Uh, Sean, uh, we're looking at this. It's likely wrapped up for Kansas City. Uh, do we look at the Chargers here and say, all right, let's let's assume the Kansas has got this thing uh, locked and loaded. Maybe we go ahead and then expect L.A. at this point to try to deliver for the first time in the last few years. Hey, Danny, listen, I, I, I got my schedule. I got my notes. I didn't even put Week 18 on yet. That, that's how that's how sure I am that everything's going to be locked up by Week 18. I'm not worried about those Chargers. It's going to be our backups versus their starters. Um, so yes, if you want to take the Chargers and some some extra points, they're gonna be going against whoever our backup. I don't even know who our backup quarterback is at the, at this moment, but we'll have Kelsey, uh, not in uniform. Uh, none of the star, all the starters will play a quarter. And you know what? I can't. Every time somebody says L.A. Chargers, the only thing that comes to my mind is twenty-seven and zero. The score was twenty-seven zero, <laughs> and they found a way to lose the game. So I ain't touching this bet. I ain't touching it with a 10-foot pole. I'm not putting a dime, a dollar on the Chargers, on Staley, on anything. This sounds like uh, uh, it, this is fool's gold. That's, that's what this bet is. Week 18 is fool's gold. You waste your money on it if you want. Barbershop, I'm going to keep my money in my pocket. Doug, Tru- all this time, our guy Sean's been hyping you up, giving you giving you that, 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 that pat on the back, and then he comes and drops a, I don't even know, who that backup quarterback? Man. That's your guy in Blaine Gaver. Like, how, how are uh, you going to respond to this? Listen, Missouri has pride itself in their backup quarterbacks. I think they have the most. I did this research last year. They had the most backup quarterbacks in the league. So, backup quarterback U is the University of Missouri. We breed them to be backups. Uh, that's what we do at the University of Missouri. Long term careers. Uh, but uh, listen, this is a this is a Blaine Gaver game written all over it. Um, I think he's going to come in. He's going to be playing this game from. From the jump, give Mahomes a little bit of a, of, of a sit. But look, if we're looking at this from, okay, maybe the Chiefs don't have everything locked up they need to, I still think they would take care of business um, in terms of what they have to do. But again, uh, as we've been talking about all day, they're not a great at covering. Um, but two points, I think you see two points. I think you can feel pretty comfortable about a cover there if this is starters versus starters. I think you can feel pretty comfortable about a Chiefs cover on the road there. Fellas, this is fine. Tucker Franklin, Sean Barber, I appreciate you guys hanging out. It was good to get the uh, the, the family together. Yes. Uh, go through this entire season, talk a little betting perspective. We will have to do this again. Make sure you guys uh, are following both Tuck and Sean across social media. Tucker is at Tucker D. Franklin. Sean is at Sean Barber 59 
and you can hear them all across uh, the KCSN network. If you haven't downloaded the app, uh, I'm sure you're probably listening to this show on the Chiefs channel. If you haven't subscribed on the app, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, The Benny and the Bets, please come on over, hang out. We have a lot of fun. We do this sort of stuff all throughout each and every week, especially once football season starts. We're going to be rock and rolling throughout all of this. So for Tuck, for Sean, for Jordan Foote, our executive producer, I am Ben Eisler. May all of your best bets hit. We will do this again next week on a brand new Benny and the Bets. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.